Amen. Genesis 22, verse 1. God tested. Say tested. God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then God said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So he's got to take a journey. Doesn't know for sure where the destination is, but he's going to do what God asks. So Father, thank you for victory in this new year. We are aligning ourselves with you and your word. We come fasting, we come praying, we come giving, and give us ears to hear. So these are not words that fall to the ground, but words that evoke action, passion, and desire to serve you better this new year. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. Every follower of Jesus needs to develop the ability to hear the voice of God. God is speaking. Often we are not listening. So watch. The sheep follow him for they know his voice. Every follower of Jesus has the privilege of having the voice of the master guiding, leading, impressing, directing their walk. Occasionally, God shouts. Most of the time, God speaks. When God speaks, it will be very clear. When God speaks, it will be confirmed through his written word. When God speaks, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word will be established. In other words, it's not just this current day stuff. God told me to do this and then you go do it. But it's confirmed by at least, the scripture says, two or three witnesses. You don't make life-altering decisions in the dark as a follower of Jesus. That's not who we are. Many people walk around life in transition. They come into a new year in transition. Many ask about their lives, what's next? Many are at a place where they need to lean in for the next step, new direction for your life. Let me be very specific with you today. God is a speaking God. He's a God of language. He's a God who clothes his thoughts with words. He's a God who conveys his will through speech. He's a God who gives verbal form to his thinking. Our first introduction to God is this. And God said, Genesis 1-3. And God let us know, He did not create the universe, the galaxy, the solar system, or earth by just visualizing them. If you want a picture of who God is, he speaks. And God verbally brought all of this into existence. That's revealed to us immediately in Scripture. God wants us to understand, I communicate, I converse. It was the God, same God, who walked with Adam every day in the Garden of Eden, conversing, and conferring knowledge to Adam. Adam was privileged to hear the voice of God daily speaking to him. On Mount Sinai, it says God's voice sounded like rolling thunder, and the people ran in terror. And they said to Moses, you go talk with God. We are scared of his voice. (coughs) With the prophet Elijah, God spoke to him with a whisper. 
in his ear. John the Apostle said that hearing the voice of God, it sounded like many waters, a thousand Niagara's. God speaks with a strong voice. God's voice also has nuances, loud, soft, tone, pitch, volume. God's voice can thunder like a gathering storm, but he can whisper so softly he gently brushes you with his word. God knows how to speak. His voice is actively speaking in our world today. He is still speaking to his people today. When God appointed a spokesperson as his mouthpiece, those chosen and anointed would say, this is what the Lord says. Why? Because God desires that we know he is a God who speaks. Last book of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, is followed by 600 years of silence. God's voice is silent. He will not speak. He has backed off. And then in the New Testament, we're introduced to John the Baptist. And watch as the voice of one crying in the wilderness. He wasn't the voice. John was the voice of one crying in the wilderness because the one John is speaking for has a voice. And John said, I am his voice. And his his word then was, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And listen to this description of Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. How verbal this description of God is. And then it goes on to say, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Before Jesus took on bodily form, He was the Word. Why? Because God speaks. He communicates. The Father then called His Son His Word, wrapped in human flesh, God with us. Wow. In the upper room on the day of Pentecost, the 120 spoke with tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. He has a voice. So what is that? It's God confirming, I speak. I communicate. Now, here's how many people, even in the church, interpret hearing the voice of God. Those who pray, but really don't ever take much time to listen for God's response. Their prayers are pretty much Christian complaining. Okay? Talk, 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 but not expecting God to speak back. Only expecting that God is going to do what they want him to do. After all, that's why I'm praying, right? So I want you to do what I want. They don't really know God because that's not how it works in that relationship. Then there's the other extreme. They claim to hear God speaking all the time. God tells them where to buy gas, where to get breakfast, where to shop, what colors to wear. God told me. You know, I doubt that God needs to tell you what to eat every morning. Your scale will tell you what you need to know. (laughs) Just look at it. It'll speak to you. God expects you to use the brain that he gave you. Okay? And when God speaks to us, he expects us to have an ear to hear his voice, which means we are tuned to his voice. 
If you have a speaking problem, you have a hearing problem. So you learn to focus more on what God has to say than what you have to say. And the word does not say, he who has a mouth, let him talk. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So, Pastor, what does his voice sound like? What's that like? The Word of God says your spiritual ear has been circumcised so you can hear his voice. It says this, today, please listen. Don't turn a deaf ear. So we need to make sure our spiritual ear can hear. And God's voice always agrees with the written word. Always. His voice will always tell you to do the right thing according to his written word. There is an inner spiritual ear, a spiritual GPS system. And if we learn to listen, you'll be able to successfully navigate to that desired destination. When you engage your Navi system, the first thing they do for you is speak, telling you which direction to go. Then after they get you headed in the right direction, they go silent for a period of time. And for a moment, you have to kind of check back, making sure that didn't get switched off. You're, you're awaiting confirmation that you're still on the right path. But God will go silent to test our trust in him. He's not going to nag you. He's not going to keep repeating and repeating. But if you miss the turn, he will say, turn around. Right before the next turn, that voice comes back. So we must grow familiar with the voice of God. And you do that as you meditate in the word of God and the Holy Spirit inspires and shows you truth from the word of God. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying. So God comes to Abraham in Genesis 22 and he says, take your only son. That's a hint of Jesus to come. Take him to a certain mountain. I will show you after you get there. And God says to Abraham, I'm giving you direction, but I'm not giving you the details. That's how God works. Many are waiting for God to download to you a map all marked out for your path. That's not how God speaks. He will give you a certain direction, and then he will give you a step. Because he said your steps, not leaps, not an elevator. He said the steps of a righteous man, one step at a time. And when you hear the voice of God, every step is connected one after the other. He said, take your son to a mountain that I will show you. How would you like God to uproot you, tell you to take your son, and you don't even know the destination? And God said, I will tell you when you get there. Now, I'm not really well wired for those kinds of directions. I kind of wired that I need a direct, clear path to where you want me to go. But God makes himself very clear here. He said, I will not give you the specifics. God does not give you all the upfront details. He says you walk by faith, not by sight. It's all about you remaining close enough that you may hear my voice when I speak, so you will take the next turn. It's not about the destination. See, it's about the journey. That's what the test is about. I will get you to the destination, but you will have to walk with me by faith. I will not give you the whole plan because you'll just go take off on your own. 
You'll need me for every step of this journey you're on so I can lead you to your destiny and your purpose. I will not let you operate independent of me. And if you want to do that, you're going to go around in circles, never arriving at the higher place I intended for you. You're still a bad driver. God says, if you will walk with me day by day, I'll be the voice that will guide you to your destiny. So God doesn't give you the details. He says, you walk by faith. Now, if you have too many facts, then you don't have enough faith. See, because you're only going with what the natural allows you to have. He will take you to a place he will show you. Imagine Sarah, Abraham's wife. Where are you going with my son? Where are you going with Isaac? Well, out yonder somewhere. Anytime God wants you to do something for him, he will not give you the details. He's not using the destination. He's using the journey to train you to hear his voice. It's not about where you're trying to go. The lessons are learning to hear his voice on your journey. So God trained Abraham with a test. The test was learning to hear the voice of God and obeying it, hearing it and obeying it. I have ordered your steps, step by step. Take another step. Here's another step. This is how God leads us. He says, step into this, unto the unknown. There I can perform the impossible for you. But as long as you are safely in your comfort zone, you're never going to experience the supernatural or the impossible. God's greatest challenge for his followers to hear his voice and step out of the comfort zone. And as soon as you do, you'll be confronted by the fear zone that says, get back into your comfort zone. That's how it works. The first zone you have to step out of is the comfort zone. Then you immediately step into the fear zone because it's unfamiliar. You don't know how you're going to make it. You don't know where your provision is going to come from. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a strong mind. And if you'll keep moving, you'll move from the comfort zone through the fear zone onto the victory zone, which will be your destiny and your purpose. So God tested Abraham, and he will test you. When Abraham and Isaac arrive at the mountain of God, God says to him, go on and worship. Leave the servants and the donkeys behind. Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. The next steps Abraham took were very critical. So listen carefully. He was walking with God, being led step by step, and every step is critical. God speaks to you. You believe you know where God's taking you because he's spoken to you, but what happens when you know where he has told you to go and then you don't understand where you are? You told me, but where am I? When your word doesn't line up with what he's telling you to do, can you endure the silence in those moments when God is not speaking? He speaks when it's time to make a turn, and he speaks and he's teaching you to hear with your spiritual ear. The rest of the time, you're walking by faith. So Abraham journeys for three days, and he needs to hear from the Lord. 
When we're shopping, often a sales clerk will walk up and say, may I help you? Our reply most of the time is, no, thank you. I'm just looking, which politely means leave me alone. Okay? But some clerks are very persistent and will shadow you. They'll wait for you to stop and examine something, right? But in my mind, when I'm shopping, here's how I shop. When I see it, I will know it. That's it. I go in, I know what I want. If I see it, I know it. Done. That's how the will of God operates, by the way. When you're journeying with God and you're searching for his will, what college to attend, which career to engage, the inner voice will say to you at the right time, when, listen to me, when you've been taking the right steps. If you haven't been doing that, none of the rest of it matters. But when you've been taking the right steps... The inner voice of God will speak to you at the right time. And you will say, you will hear yourself say, I don't know how I know it, but this is the will of God for me. I have peace about it. And if you don't have peace, you don't do it. So God set up tests in the life of Abraham so he could learn to hear God's voice. Usually God speaks most clearly in dark places. The closer Abraham got to his destiny, the more he had to lose his history. Where God is taking you. You can't take your entourage with you. No. He said to his servants, you remain here. We're going there. There are some familiar people you can't take with you. Because dedication requires separation. It's only those God has brought to your most intimate circle who remain. Okay? You don't take the whole posse. It's those in the intimate circle. They remain. And this is a make or break step right here. You will not achieve your purpose if you insist on remaining with the familiar and with those still stuck in their walk. You won't. You'll be stuck with them and you will never get to where God directed you. The closer you get to God's will, the smaller the circle gets. Ask Jesus in the garden. Paul was alone in the prison when he wrote the pastoral epistles. John was isolated on the Isle of Patmos when he wrote the book of Revelation. Jesus was alone with God in the garden when he won that battle. Elijah was alone in a cave when he heard the still small voice of God. He heard God's voice when he got alone. So Abraham and Isaac start up the side of Mount Moriah. They climb together, and some envision Isaac as a little child, kind of a little above a toddler age. He was, but he was somewhere between 17 and 19 years of age. And if he wanted to, he could have resisted his father. He could have. And Abraham builds an altar, because Abraham was over 100 at this point. Abraham builds an altar, and Isaac willingly lies down on it. And Abraham built this altar to sacrifice his son. Because this is what God told him to do. And Abraham was instructed to sacrifice Isaac, his son, on that altar. No doubt, he had to share with him the truth that God is able to raise from the dead. So he takes, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. And like Isaac... Jesus had the choice to suffer for our sins or to walk away. 
but he submitted to the will of his father. Isaac then submits. He's tied to the altar. Abraham raises the knife to offer him, and suddenly the voice of God speaks a second time. This is so important. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. Abraham's hand is frozen because he hears another word. God was the one who told him to take the three-day journey. God is the one who tells him, okay, now go up this mountain. Of all the mountains in the range, go up to this mountain, Mount Moriah. Build an altar. Put your son on it. Tie him down. Sacrifice your son. God was the one who told him to do this. What do you mean? Stop. I'm obeying you. But man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's the proceeding word. And if you don't receive the proceeding word, the now word, you will kill your future living off of what you heard yesterday. You can't make it off of what you heard back then. And this has happened to many denominations that have started in the fire of God and just absolutely caved and collapsed and gone by the wayside. They're still living off of what they heard 40, 50, 60 years ago, and they're killing their future, hanging on to what has always been. Their little pet ideas, little pet traditions, they will not let go of them. When God's still speaking today, it's a fresh, proceeding word. And without his word... You cannot proceed. You cannot go forward. It's not enough to come to church and hear messages. You have to read this book so God can speak to you. And if you will pray and you will fast and you will give like we're doing, God will speak to you. He will reward you openly if you develop a walk with God. As you walk with him, he speaks. Abraham's hand is raised. What do you mean, don't do this? You told me to do this. No, I don't need your son's blood. Your son's blood cannot save anybody. I will give my own son's blood. His blood will save. And Abraham, it never was about your son. Why did I do all of this? What's this all about? It was about your ear. I was trying to develop your spiritual ear to get you to move from where you are to where I want you to be? Can I trust you enough to give you fresh direction? Can I trust you enough not to live in the past and on what I did for you back then, that I can change your direction, you will still hear me, and you will still obey me? God spoke, and Abraham obeyed. Some have killed their future because they drew deaf to his voice. God already knows what you're supposed to do and whom you're supposed to be with and what your destiny is like, and you will fail if you do what you think you want to do. Because God knows your giftings. He constructed you, and he wrote the book of your life before he created you. So he knows everything there is to know about you. Paul put it like this, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in God in Christ Jesus. Man, meaning... This is the highest thing I can do with my life. This is the bar God set for me. God's put it all together for me. He has set the watermark for me. If I walk with God, obeying him, he will take me to my destiny. If I don't, I will miss that mark and I will hit somewhere else. 
But here's where God saw you. See, you and I will never get there leaning on our own understanding. But in all my ways, I have to acknowledge him. And he will direct my steps and my path. Abraham, it's not about your son. It's about your ear. I wanted to know if I can speak to you under great pressure in a test, in a trial, and you will hear me and obey me because now I know I have your ear. Now I know I can give you fresh instruction. Now I know I can give you new direction for life, the next step for your future, and you've got the faith and the belief and trust that you will obey me when I speak to you because I've got more for you. That's what God requires of us. He says, I will do the miracles. I will do the multiplication. I will bring the success. I will open the doors. I will provide. I just need you to hear me. Because right in the middle of your comfort zone, he brings once again another test to see if you have an ear. Always be ready to hear the proceeding word of God. Then you will get confirmation. Not from your friends who have the cultural attitude. Well, if that's what makes you happy, then that's wonderful and I'll be happy because you're happy. That's not who you want to confirm this with. A confirmation should come from those who know God's voice, who have walked with the Lord, and, listen, have proven ministry to help you understand what voice you're hearing. And for sure, someone's going to come along and say to you, God told me. And always a ploy to get what they want. Because after all, who can argue with those who say, God told me, right? The enemy will always show up bringing confusion. And when there's confusion and, and there's not unity and a confirmation of two or three who are spiritual, equipped to understand the voice of God, and you get confusion out of that and division out of that, that's not God. Never is God. If all you do is listen to your history, you can kill your future. And God has a word now. Too many churches are operating on past revelation. They heard God say something appropriate to the time years ago. And they're still, listen, they are in the now. They are in the 21st century in 2016, but they are still in the past at the same time. What's God saying to you today? If Abraham had not been able to hear God in his now, he would have killed his Isaac and his future because he could not hear the proceeding word of God. Don't kill your dreams because you've grown deaf to the voice of God. Now, Abraham begins to bring down the knife for sacrificing, and God says, stop. It was never about your son. It's about you hearing me and obeying me. And I wanted to know that you love me more than your son. Because in this test now, proven, I can take you to the place where you're ready to be prepared and been prepared to go. Abraham unties his son. And here's the amazing miracle. When Abraham heard from God and he obeyed, instantly provision appeared. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. The horns were the part of the part 
That's the part of that critter, that farm animal. The horns were the part that the ram would use to resist you. You don't want to get into a fuss with a ram with a couple of horns because they can give you a lot of trouble. Okay? But God bound up all the resistance to the resources and the provision by tying those horns down. God had it waiting for Abraham. God already has the provision you need to succeed and to do well. Tied up. It cannot resist you. It cannot get away from you. No one can take it from you. It's there for you. It's all dependent on you hearing God's voice. Don't be the one who needs a spiritual hearing aid. But grow large spiritual ears. Hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. And when you hear from the Lord, he will send you to college and pay for it. When you hear from God, he'll bring success to your business. When you hear God, he will help you get a house and pay for it. If you hear God, he will bless your family for generations to come. Give thanks for large spiritual ears. The next generation needs to hear. He is still Jehovah Jireh and will provide. So God brought you to Calvary Christian Center and has what you need already tied up. What has he tied up on the other side of your trial? What has he prepared for you when you passed your test? Will you walk with me? Are you hearing me? Will you remain undistracted? Will you stay in tune with my voice? Because if you do, everything you need, I will supply. And this is where Abraham said, we will name this place Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Yes. Amen. God will provide favor. God will provide healing. God will provide open doors. God will provide the dollars. He will back you up when you hear his voice. All the tied up resources were about, can you hear me? All those tied up resources, everything that was needed, was all about, can you hear me? God was asking that before Verizon ever thought of it. He said, I have a plan for your life. Can you hear me? He's speaking to you about your future. He already has he or she tied up. Unfortunately, way too many believers tried to push God. And they desire what they want more than what God wants and refuse to hear his voice. That's very dangerous. You're going to misfire when that happens. And things didn't work out. What God needs you to do is slow down and not run ahead of him and become a Shanita. She need a husband. She need a car payment. She need a security. You don't need anything but God. And if you'll hear his voice, you'll have the one he tied up for you. Okay? Does anybody here believe he orders your steps? Okay, be careful. Don't cheer too loudly here because you just don't go dating anybody when you believe this. His voice will lead you to the one he has for you so you don't have to go kiss a thousand toads to find your prince 
or princess, okay? Because his sheep know his voice. And as his child, you don't hit, skip, and miss. You ask God to open your spiritual ears, to give me Samuel ears. Samuel, as a young boy, heard the voice of God in the temple where his mother had brought him. Ask God for Samuel ears. Don't waste 20 years in a divorce before you start listening to the voice of God. If you'll listen to God, you'll stay on the right path. Somebody ought to shout amen right there. That's the time for you to clap your hands. Amen. And if you miss it, his GPS will say, hey, turn around. You missed the turn. Now, my GPS says, don't make me destroy you. Okay, that's, mine's a little more fearsome than yours. So don't be fearful, but of faith in this new year. Because fasting will unclutter your spiritual ear so you can hear what God's saying. And when that happens, then you have to obey him by trusting. I will trust what you say, Lord. So David put it like this. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. See, When God's directing your steps, he's not going to take you into trouble. He'll preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. So even when there's a difficult moment, I hear your voice and the voices of your holy angels reminding me there's deliverance in every step I take. Selah, which means ponder this, listen to this, meditate in this. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. And I will guide you with my eye. Wow. That's powerful. When my dad raised me, he got me to the place where all he needed to do was look at me a certain way. And I know what he meant. Okay? He didn't have to threaten me. Didn't have to yell at me. Didn't have to chase me. He just got me trained well enough that when he looked at me, I knew what he meant. I'm appreciative of that. I'm not complaining about that because that's like my heavenly father. See, the bruises and the bumps and the wounds that I have are self-imposed. It's when I would not listen that I fell off the path. I will guide you with my eye. And do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle. Don't be like a donkey. You always have to smack that donkey to get it to catch up. It always wants to lag behind. Don't be like a horse. They're always got to have a bit and a bridle because they always want to run and you always got to pull back, pull back. I want to be like lamb to the shepherd. And my shepherd has his staff, and he gives me a nod. It's time to move. 
and I move when he moves. Then when he takes me to a place where he knows is best for me, he gives me another tap. Stop here. Well, I think that one's better. Stop here. Stop here. And I want to be like a lamb that wherever the shepherd steps, I step. Wherever he stops, I stop. I don't want to be a mule that he has to smack every now and then to get moving or a horse that he has to grab hold of and say, back up, back up. And even if you've stepped out of the boat and you start walking on the water, but all of a sudden you start to sink, you grab hold of Jesus, he'll safely get you to your destination because that's the kind of God we serve today. So somebody ought to stand to your feet and say, thank you, Lord. Thank the Lord. We need a word from the Lord. And he'll give us that word. He'll help us in that work.